Moncrief on News Talk. Now, there's a woman called Polly McKenzie who was once Nick Clegg's director of policy when he was deputy prime minister. And in a recent radio interview, she posited an interesting idea that babies should get the vote. Her logic was that parents could vote on behalf of them until they're about 10 years of age, after which they could do it themselves. Whatever about the specifics of her proposal, should the voting system uh, represent the interests of people younger than 18? Calum Hederman is a student, has also been an activist on this issue. Calum, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sean. Thanks very much for having me. How are you keeping? Uh, Not too bad. So, well, what do you think of her general idea? Well, look, first of all, I think any extra steps that we can take to make sure that young people are hurled in our democratic and political system is is great. I think the principle of it is is very good in terms of giving young people that constitutional say in uh, in the systems that we have in place. But then also it, it asks an interesting question is is what role do young people play in these systems at the moment? Um and I'm I'm looking forward to chatting that with you now. Yeah. Uh, well I, I are you implying that they don't play much of a role? I think they do. I think that when we look at any social movement that we've seen over the last 20, 30 years, young people have been at the forefront of it. Uh, I think what it does is, I suppose, first of all, the question that we're talking about is if young people should have a vote. And my opinion would be yes. I think we've, we've seen it across Europe as a best practice that the, the Vote at 16 campaign has been one that's kind of been on the agenda for quite some time. We saw it here in 2013 with the, the Constitutional Convention, and it's been something that's been talked about by successive governments. I think with that, there's, there's a couple of key principles. Is that First of all, by giving young people a vote, it, it kickstarts this lifelong kind of culture of, and value on, um, on civic participation um, of young people. Mm. And not only does that broaden and strengthen our, our democratic system by actually having more people voting, it gives more people a say and it allows for a, a kind of a different, a different form of attitude towards voting. So I think it's a, it's a very positive step. Um, I think it's something that we shouldn't be surprised by. It's been something on the agenda for quite some time. And as well as that, we, um, we, it's, it's an opportunity. We see this year we've got 50% of the world voting in elections. We've got a double header, if not a triple header, in some parts of the country in terms of um, elections. So I think we should take every opportunity we can to give young people a vote. Yeah. Now, in what countries have lowered the voting age down to 16? Um, I know Austria have. Um, I know there was just across the water. There was a couple, um, couple of months back. It was uh, it was either Scotland um, and as well we've. Uh, I think it's about there's seven countries in particular in the in Europe that have um, that have lowered the voting age. If I'm not if I'm not wrong. Okay. Um, and what what we've seen there is that the way they've done it is by lowering it to 16 first of all, um, and I think that's a good step. Um, and I think from there, I think in Ireland we we see it that. There's a massive opportunity with our educational system in terms of what we've seen with the, the political education, but as well with our civics education that's there at a younger age as well, that, um, that by kind of having a collaborative approach to that, by instilling this value among young people, whether they're in school, coming out of school, um, that voting is important, that it kind of transfers into this, this kind of lifelong kind of skill um, that will not only help get more people out to vote in the long run, but it'll also start the conversation younger, which I think is important. There's all, but, uh, but, uh, there's all sorts of other things in our society that you can't do if you're younger than 17 or 18. Um, uh, so is voting in a different category then in your mind? 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with you there. There's definitely certain limitations, but at 16, you can, um, you're, you're entitled to pay tax. Um, you can also apply for your, your driver's license. You can drop out of school. You can travel uh, out of the country on your own. Um, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of legal like uh, legal responsibilities that you do have at that age, and that voting is only extending a right to have a say in our democratic elections um, and our referendums as well. So I think there's, there's the key thing of it is that by giving 16 and 17 year olds the right to vote, it's not just about having young people have a say. In a time when we see a lot of democratic backsliding across the world, we're giving young people an actual voice, um, a constitutional voice. We're having more people voting. We're bringing a difference of opinion in. And not only that, young people, they have a certain creativity and energy that comes into the room when I've seen it myself, um, whether it's in, inside in the council or whether it's inside in boardrooms, that young people bring a difference of opinion and a lot of energy. And I think that that's more than welcome in our politics at the moment. Uh, though at the same time, you know, when you, you've been speaking about young people like they're a, a homogenous group. Young people, I, I assume their, their views are as varied as anybody else. Exactly, exactly. And I think young people they can never be cast as one. But when we look at our constitution, it's that, you know, they, they, they are kind of based as a homogenous group in terms of actually giving the vote that everyone over the age of 18 can vote in our elections. Um, I think for, for young people, there's definitely a difference of opinion. We see that, whether it's with the youth political parties, whether it's with youth organisations, that there's this spread of, of opinion. It's like any other group in society, any other age group that you take and analyse. So I think, um, I think from what I've seen anyway, that uh, over the last few years, we've definitely seen young people that are, that are outspoken on a variety of different issues. They've been at the front of social movements as well. So I think um, when we look at it in terms of... a uh, a difference in age. Um, I think by, by giving the young young people the vote, not being a homogenous group now, but by actually giving 16 and 17-year-olds a vote, we're not only getting them out to vote, we're them, that, that group of society. We're also pushing all the other groups of society. I know if I was voting at 16, my grandmother would have been definitely out to vote with me to, to see, you know, because we're all, all different age groups and groups in society are trying to get their priorities um, into, into action. Um, so I think that, that from there, it'd be a really welcome step. Yeah. So, um, uh, but, so by that, I mean, are there really such a thing as specifically young people's issues? Well, I think when you look at Irish society now, we're, we're seeing a lot, of, um, a lot of issues that are affecting the whole population, but we're seeing it compounded for young people. Like when we look at the, the average of home ownership for my parents' generation, it's a lot higher now than it was back then in terms mm. of the median age that you have a house. When we look, we saw research there a year or two ago coming out of COVID from the USRI that my generation will be the first generation since the formation of the state that will be worse off than their parents. So I think that although there's issues there that are cross-cutting, whether it goes to housing, whether it, it goes to education, that are specifically, you know, there's parts of it that are for young people and that young people are specifically interested in. I think it cross cuts, and I think that when we look at when we look at this conversation in particular, it's not about delivering right now. It's about ensuring that tomorrow and the next day and years to come, that we have value in our political institutions, and that people actually have a say in to what the decisions are. Yeah. Now, and now, and we've been talking largely about reducing the voting age to sixteen. Would you like to see it go down even further? 
Um, from my side, what I've seen in terms of the research that I've read and, and what I've seen from different countries, it's always been at that 16-year-old mark. And I think it's an important kind of first step anyway um, to, to show people that it does work. You know, mm. I think what, what was talked about at the very start that I know the, the National Youth Council of Ireland had advocated for it was that to, to reduce the, the voting age at 16 for, uh, for locals and Europeans so that everyone could see instead of implementing it all the way in terms yeah. of you know having every every young person vote is that this would show us that this works and that it eases into that change so that from there we can then look at how we you know we make our our democratic systems as accessible as possible but i think for me anyway standing at this point and listening to the 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 kind of podcast clip that um that Polly had there on um on giving all young people the vote i think the best step at the moment is to look at for 16 year olds because they're in, they're in education. They're, they're coming out of maybe TY or in fifth year. There's a, there's a new kind of system in place with the political education. We've got strong civics education in our school as well as all the non-formal education that we see, whether it's with the, the scouts or whether it's through different youth clubs and communities, that it's a real chance to foster that value in democratic participation at a young age and that to transfer then when, they're, when young people are going into the world of work pursuing further education, that that's always there as a kind of core competency for them. Yeah. Uh, her idea, though, about, you know, g- giving the vote to babies and that their parents have can vote on their behalf, what do you think of that? I think when it comes to granting uh, a constitutional right to vote, that it needs to be important that it can be held by the person themselves. It, it, it's a human right in, in forms, whether it's a, it's a civil and political right. Um, so I think that, you know, if we're going to give the vote to, to a further group in society, younger people, that it needs to be important that it's independent and for themselves. And I think mm. the big question that always comes back when it goes to, you know, give it, granting the right to vote for 16 and 17 year olds is that, you know, what's the, the independence, the critical thinking, the misinformation? This is always the questions that come back whenever you talk about it. And I think to safeguard that and safeguard young people in their critical thinking and to make decisions for themselves, that if we're going to grant them the vote, then we need to ensure that they can make that decision themselves rather than in proxy with parents in a young age. And yeah. yeah. Not that not that parents now would would not uh, would not serve the interests of their young people of their children. I'm, I'm I know myself anyway that my parents would, would vote for things that would support me in the next generation. But that I think in terms of giving a, a, a political and civil right, it needs. Uh, it needs to be independent, safeguarded, and, and for the people themselves, the right bearers. Yeah, I, I I find it hard to see parents voting one way for themselves and then another way for you know little Timmy uh, um, <laughs> because they uh, they represent that, that differently. Callum, exactly. thank you, thank you so much for uh, speaking to us today. Uh, that was Callum Hederman. There, uh, he's a student, uh, also an activist uh, on this issue. A lot of comments on it. You can kind of get the kind of gist of it. Uh, someone says that's exactly what the world needs. Loads of woke nutters with no life experience uh, getting a say on real life matters. Tell your callers stick to their ice baths and avocados. Uh, well, as we pointed out there in the course of the interview, you're then just considering all young people to be a homogenous group and they all have the same sorts of opinions. That's not not the case. And Polly McKenzie, who kind of made this uh, original argument. Part of our argument was there are lots of adults who are stupid who shouldn't have the vote. Uh, and, you know, you, you could say their mental competency isn't great. So why would their mental competency, given that they're stupid and who might believe all sorts of uh, uh, nonsense, well, how come they get the vote 
But say a 15-year-old doesn't get the vote, you might be twice as smart as them. Uh, Most people in the UK don't bother their arse voting anyway, so they're hardly going to bother voting for their kids, says another texter. Eamon says, let's face it, the only way the Lib Dems will ever get back into government is if they let the under-10s vote for them. The monster-raving loony party stands a greater chance. Uh, Someone else says, who's to say the parents would vote in favour of the issues of their children? Look at Brexit. Many parents voted to leave the EU when their children voted to stay. This is nonsense. Uh, Someone else says, just because young people are outspoken doesn't mean they're right. They were all calling for Russian and Israeli ambassadors to be suspended recently, forgetting about diplomacy and how it works. Well, again... That's, you know, perhaps a slightly blanket view of young people. Many, maybe uh, many young people were. Lots of adults were as well, making exactly the same call. Uh, Someone else says a 16-year-old is unable to get a passport without parental sign-off. So we don't trust them enough to get a passport, but we trust them enough to vote. Time to get priorities right. Uh, Meaning what? That we should just give them the passports first and then give them the right to vote. Uh, uh, Most young people get their news from social media which is ripe with misinformation and disinformation. A lot of work would need to be done to tackle this if the voting age was to be reduced, which is, you know, probably a, a fair point because that is that does tend to be an ever-present danger. Now, at the same time, uh, and uh, Kayla made a, a good point in the sense that they're given kind of a civics education about how the system works that perhaps a lot of their parents... Uh, never got in school. You should be able to vote uh, local elections at 16, says another text, or national at 18. Uh, so, yeah, that was, and, and Caelan was kind of, seems to be in favour of that kind of graduated uh, um, approach into it. The Scouts, says another texter, how do the Scouts teach people about voting? Well, it's not specifically about voting, but if you have to do a complicated knot on the way to the voting booth, who are you going to ask? You're going to ask a Scout. Don't tell me you can do it too. Uh, 16-year-olds voting, stop. I four teenagers from 19 down to 14 They learn very little about current affairs in their school and have very little interest, nor do their friends, which I suspect is the norm. I completely disagree that this will work in Ireland and different cultures have different values. I can see how this works in Austria, but not Ireland. Well, I suppose maybe once the, the idea is introduced to younger people that you can vote, maybe that's something that will prompt them. To vote, uh, to vote or to, you know, discover why they should vote. Unless, of course, we're going to have, you know, red-faced TDs on TikTok going, Yo, young people, I'll give you a free chocolate if you vote for me. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.